Jacko loves stray dogs. Beastie loves to loaf. You know what they say about playing the game? You can't hear it today. I said now. Legal Council is brought to you by Rugby Pass, the premier destination for rugby and league fans in Asia. Streaming international test matches, state of origin, the rugby championship, the NRL, and more to your device wherever you are in Asia. Every match on Rugby Pass is available live and on demand and is carried in HD quality with adaptive streams to match your connection. Welcome back to Legal Council. Uh, as always, Jack, we're calling you from Hong Kong Rugby League, board member from Hong Kong Rugby League. How's it going, mate? Oh, yeah, not too bad. Just, hey, turn that down. Sorry, the family just putting Peppa Pig on. They should be muting it while I'm recording Legal Council. Um... Yeah, bloody good, actually. Uh, just watched the Knights-Dragons game, and, gee, it was good afternoon, Sunday Sunday football. And as I've spoken to you about before, um, enjoying your rugby league over the weekend is so much easier when you have a Warriors win on a Friday night. Oh, you do, mate. And, you know, it just sort of opens you up to the world, really. You know, you're, you're out there, you can experience new things, you try new things. Um, a loss on a Friday night is catastrophic to the weekend, um, you know, you just um, walk through um, very sort of, you know, downhearted and you, you just want the weekend to go. You won't touch much media Monday, Tuesday until maybe the team lists the name on Tuesday. Maybe get an NRL yeah. preview on Wednesday, which they ultimately would tip against the Warriors and then focus on the next week. So a Warriors loss on the Friday is a recipe for disaster. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself after Friday yeah I saw that you sent a video of sitting listening to Coltrane on a Sunday yeah geez just sort of finding yourself and exploring different genres yeah well I thought the other day that I haven't really listened to much jazz music actually ever so you know all those people can't be wrong so I bought what I thought was one of the better jazz records out there John Coltrane loves the Supreme and just gave it a wee spin on a Sunday morning I mean that's what you do when you win on Friday night you go out there and and play jazz records What's Jez like? Uh, I think it's going to be a, a slow burn for mine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. when you when you watch rugby league, it goes hand in hand with reggae, doesn't it? Sort of yeah. tempo. Yeah, 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 yeah. That just, you know, that sort of down tempo um, strum, if you like, on the steel pan drum. And yeah. you know, it's certainly, it's a, it's a real stretch to go and get yourself immersed into jazz. But hey, you know. Once- but different, different types of games... Uh, often, like different game types of games of rugby league, you could probably um, put a metaphor with a, t- different, a different type of music, you know. Yeah. Um, for instance, that uh, game we just watched, Knights Dragons, it was a, it was just a pop song, you know. It had catchy, um, what's it called, verses. Hooks, um, yeah. Hooks, just it just you know, got I'm, your hook in there. You yeah. like singing along to it, but it was I'm actually thinking, there was I'm nothing really into like, it. Like you know, the Imagine Dragons, you know, one of those sort yep. of pop bands. Bieber, anthemic, Bieber. Um, ultimately, it's sort of tit for tat. It's a game of tennis, wasn't it? With the, with the yep. dragons um, skipping away, and then the knights coming back, and just as the knights do, they get to an eighteen point lead, and then they fluff their lines on the uh, on the on the mic when the so time really just, comes. Uh, Watching that game, it gave me a thinking. We're just we're going to go into our origin debrief, but it just got me thinking. Dang Yang I mm. is a better rip footballer than a week to week first grader. Mm-hmm. What other players are like that? Like Nate Miles, obviously. Nate Miles is, oh, yeah. Nate Miles is the beacon for that. I mean, he has not yep. been good at club level. I would say at all for Manly. 
that's comfortable. Yep. Almost very rarely for the Gold Coast Titans. His yep. best club football was really the last it time we dogs. saw him was for the Roosters. Yeah, okay. Um, and in New Zealand, you had David Kewell. I thought he always played better with the Kiwis New Zealand than he did week to week. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. He sort of definitely rose up. Um, I think Jared Hayne, you'd have to say that lately, after his yeah. 08, 09 Parramatta seasons, 010, uh, 10, sorry, um, he sort of was one of those guys that you just pick him. It reminded me yeah. of cricket. Like what they, I was thinking about this a lot. State of origin selections is quite similar to cricket in a way. Like, you know, you've just got a class player, and even if he's out of form, you just pick him in cricket because, you know, class players, yep. they just, you know, a player that comes in and out of yeah. form is just... It's, even it's a different even Martin Crow would have gone through some lean trots, but you're never going to leave him out of your team, you're never were you? Out of your team. Yeah. You know, even guys that go through really lean runs, you just never leave them out. I kind of like state of origin in a way is once I've decided that they are fit for the Origin Arena. Fuck, fair dinkum. How many times have you heard Origin Arena used? That saying in uh, yep. 2000. Suncorp Stadium is a bit of an arena, though. It's a cauldron, though. Or was that cauldron, Lane Park? Yeah, was a cauldron. Are they the Lane same? Park, but I mean, yeah, the same, the same place, yeah, yeah. Completely different, though, obviously, because it's a whole new stadium. Mm. But same, same uh, geographic location, yes. Well, with Origin, what would you sort of... What would the soundtrack be to that so you turn you turn down the, the oh. commentary and it's, it's, just it's an almost arm like um it's an arm wrestle but it's almost geez it's almost like a eight foot sativa or <laughs> um what was that brazilian heavy metal band Sepultura. uh so i reckon you put them it's just hammer and tong for yeah. a good but sustained hammer and tongs i think heavy metal yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. some early yeah heavy that's what i'm saying or like even one you know that yeah. song on one like yeah. that just sort of builds right up yeah. and then to a cacophony of a Thurston conversion or something? Yeah, it, 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 it's its highest point is very rarely sort of subdued, isn't it? Like you just non-stop at, at the peak of um, intensity. Quotes. What do you think of that? And guy? so uh, I thought, well... I mean, I'm just going to... We won't spend too much time because people, you know, the people that listen to Legal Council General Leagues, but I think, I'm not going to go on too much about what's already been said, but New South Wales just played well in the first half and then got away from what they were doing well, which was rolling it up the middle. Um, and then as soon as Maguire made that break and got Ngang over, you sort of, it was just that, that feeling of inevitability you have about this great Queensland side being able to um, reel these these New South Welshmen and no matter what. The word inevitability for me means three things. It means deep in origin when Queensland are behind by four points, they're going to get over the line. It means yep. when the Black Caps are three for 150 chasing 280, they fold for 190. And it yep. means when the Warriors start... Hang on, they're chasing how many? 280. They're three for 150 okay, yeah, and they yeah. fold for 190. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're going well, but then they collapse. And the Warriors are up 16-0 after 16 minutes and they end up losing 32-20. Yep, that's fair enough. And what's another... I think... Um, what are some other inevitability? Like, probably... I mean, Union, that the All Blacks will always win. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think if you watch 
them play in Auckland, they'll always win. But we, we better get back on track, otherwise we'll probably lose a few listeners. Um, Origin, you, you nailed it. You probably don't need to say much more than that. New South Wales dominated in game one because they rolled through the middle with younger, more mobile, just better players, actually. Better four-pack, just far superior, straight through the middle, simple game plan, offloading to the likes of Pierce, Maloney, Tedesco, etc. They did that same thing for 40 minutes, and they rolled Queensland early, and then for some unbelievable reason, they started going too wide. It's almost like, you know, when you're young and you're beating a team and you're up sort of... You're doing. You're beating them one way. You think, okay, we've kind of used up all that move. We can't do it again because I'll start cottoning onto it. So you start playing a different way, and ultimately it never works. There's no reason why they should have deviated from that plan. And geez, did you hear that Joey Johns blow up? He absolutely lost it, um, and just said that there was just a retarded basically from New South Wales game plan. And he's basically calling out Laurie Daly there, isn't he? Yeah, uh, he, he is, and. Laurie Daly is, oh, I don't trust him as a coach. What's his actual first grade experience? Did he do anything no. at the Raiders? No. City country. City country, yeah. I mean, you need the day-to-day grind of a first grade spot to know. Do you, though, Manig? To know what has to go down. But Manig had the generational team. Yeah, he wasn't team, a coach. He had so. the generational team. I mean, for, but what a phenomenal. Manig, right, and, and I've thought about this recently, he's clearly a cultural phenomenon in terms of just people want to play for him, whether he coaches a team or not. But you'll notice the tactician in every single one of his teams, be it Kangaroos or Queensland, is always Michael Hagan, who was a first-grade coach for, yeah, yeah. I would say, 200 to 250 games for the Knights and the Eels. Yep. What happened to him? He had some sort of panic attack. Hagen, he he had to did, now, some nerve issue or something? He did. Now, remember Artie, who I used to live with in Brisbane, Big Artie? Did you meet him? Potentially, you may not. He's a, oh, you, he's hard to miss because he looks like Arthur Beetson, and but he's not indigenous. But everyone calls him Marty. Well, he's actually Michael Hagen's nephew, right? And I think Michael Hagen's daughter hmm. is now engaged to Ben Hunt. Really? Yep. So did you did you were you able to shed any light on why Michael Hagen retired? It was something to do with some sort of nervous disorder, wasn't it? No, but he had kids. Yeah, well, lots of first-grade coaches do. Yeah, and no, Ricky's got autistic kids, unfortunately. Mm. But uh, what I'm saying is I think that he just sort of realised that family was more important than taking the strain because he was a first-grade coach at Newcastle, right? Mm. Yeah, he was. And those he, days where you had the Billy Pedans yeah, and the Butterfields. Yeah, um, Brian Smith. Remember, Brian Smith went from Parra yep. to Newcastle and Hagues went from Newcastle to Parra. Correct, yeah. And you know that Brian Smith might help the Kiwis at the World Cup? For mate. The less said about that, the better. I'm no, Michael Hagen, Michael Hagen also coached Parramatta. Yeah, Brian Smith, though. There's a swap. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's a swap. That's right. Make me. Mate, we don't want Brian Smith for the Kiwi team. He was. He's a great thinker of our game. He is, but he's also hated. Hated oh, by, by players. players. He's a yeah, that's blow-ups. A, and that's, you don't want that with the uh, Kiwis either, do you? Because there is actually player power in that camp. Look, it's fair to say, number one, I would say in this generation of, of coaching, no matter what you're doing, coaching, leading people, whatever, it doesn't matter how smart you are, it's the ability to identify with people. Man management is number one. And especially... In what about Matt Elliott? Matt yeah, Elliott didn't have man management, did he? He was a great he? tactician and a very smart guy. Yeah. People hated him. He's Brian Smith's clone, really. 
exactly. Do you watch Matt, Matt, Matt Elliott's thing on NRL.com where no. he just goes through? Yeah, no, well, no. he's because he's just. I don't respect him anymore. He was a Brian Smith clone. He played but, for Brian that, Smith no, in the no, '92 Harry, Grand Harry. Final. But what we're agreeing that he's a great tactician, but he's probably not a first grade coach. So. If you have a man manager and him, I reckon Hagen is actually the tactician. Hagen, Elliot Smith, we're talking about the same type of archetypical coach here. Mm. Yeah. And, you know... But and I don't think people said, hate Hagen. I think people like Hagen as well. And I think that yeah, if it wasn't okay. for his head issues, um, or as Joey, Joe, Joey Johns would call it, head noise. One time <laughs> I was driving home, used to love driving home on a Monday night, and Footy oh, was on, and Joey Johns clearly coming off a bender. He was slurring his words and just missing on cue and stuff. And then he said something like, "Yeah, just." Off, and they go, "Where have you been, Joey? You've been absent the last three days." He goes, "Yeah, no, I've been, I've been um, running a few schooners." He said, "He said, I'm, now I'm just in a position of just trying to block out the head noise." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, what I was going to say was Joey, oh Joey and Freddie Fittler. We we're trying to get them up here for like a um, uh, fundraising dinner. Yeah. So basically, we just sell a you know table of ten for a thousand bucks or something, and mm. they just have to yarn. We just have to buy them on a return business class flights and four nights accommodation. Mm. But yeah, just people are keen to listen to the yarns, you know. Oh, um, you'd sit on the edge especially Freddie Fittler. Getting, oh yeah, Freddie Fittler was locked up in Tijuana. He was, wasn't he? Was it that Roosters? Yeah. Uh, it was my mean, yeah, Roosters trip end of season. Um, it was end of season trip, and there's also when, uh, what was it? When he got found outside a um, petrol station, and the cop wrote in his official report he was the drunkest human being alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, still goes well. He's kept coaching the Cedars and the Rubber. I know because Ivan Cleary has um, stepped down. And then yep. I heard Freddie say the other day, I've actually got the itch to coach again first grade. Well, I actually thought he did a bloody good job for the Roosters, eh? Yeah, pre, he did. Pre Trent he, Robinson. Yeah, and then he had Sidamodasa in the team. I remember they just collapsed one year, but he didn't have the kettle. Um, yeah, as I think all of us feel. Who was the coach between Fritler Not and Chris Trent Anderson? Robinson. No. Fritler took over from Chris Brian Anderson. Smith. Brian Smith. Uh was it Brian Smith? It must have been. Yeah, it might have been. No, he coached Newcastle. He was the director of coaching at the Roosters. Was it Jason Taylor? Um, yeah. Oh, gee, I'll look it up. But anyway, what I was going to say about coaches, just before we go on about coaches, now, you've seen that video that I shared on the blog last uh, week um, that in a different league or whatever it's called that where they I'll focus on Bridge yeah, Cross. What about... Graham Lowe in that comes across as an amazing human being. Mm. Like, the way he just... He gets this new kid from Rara and he talks him through the game and he just... He could just he just had a real good vibe about him. I mean, he's, he's a, do you have anything he's to bad great, to say about him? He's meant to be a great man manager, but apparently his tactical nous was just next to nothing. I remember I worked with a bloke who played for him and he said something of the sorts that his, his pre-match speeches and halftime speeches were legendary to motivate people. But in terms of tactician, he, was, he wasn't he was flash. But again, horses, yeah. horses, if you've got a great team, a senior team with a lot of good heads, like a Manly did back then, then that's what you want. You just want a guy, a guy to come out there and motivate you, don't you? And just, you know, yeah, oh, exactly. just get people running um, grids and hitting tackle pads. 
Yep. And confirmed it was uh, Brian Smith that took over in 2000, uh, in 2010 uh, from Freddie. Yeah, he took him to a grand final. Yeah, that's right, of course, against um, uh, St. George, exactly. Mm. Um yeah, but Graham, like the other thing was he could he was culturally very astute. Mm. Um, so I don't know if you've read that story about Olsen Filipana. He knew that Wally Lewis was the best player in the world in that 1984, 85 series, I think it was. And he actually ran, and Olsen Filipana was a reserve grader for Balmain. Very good, but they just couldn't, they couldn't get him to, it was like one of those players, you knew he was good, but they couldn't get him to fulfill that potential. Mm. And he knew, you know, like back in those 80s and 90s, we always struggled in the 5'8 position. Mm. So Graham Smith, uh, Graham Lowe, sorry, easily rang up um, Olsen Filipana's mum mm. and basically said, look, we're playing Australia. We've got Wally Lewis, the greatest 5'8 of all time, arguably at that time. And we need someone to uh, bash him up and put him off his game. So he rang up Olsen Filipana's mum and convinced him, convinced her to talk to Olsen Filipana and just turned him around. And, and, that, yeah, and those games now are legendary. Olsen Filipana, just those thighs just running over the top of the Australians. <laughs> and actually, YouTube is a great tool. You can go back and watch those now. The thing about YouTube is you start somewhere and then you just oh. go in the rabbit hole and you end up in just sometimes the most bizarre sort of um, places. The other day, I think I started off on a league, some sort of league thing, and I ended up watching an organized fight between neo-Nazis and Muslims <laughs> in Russia. And it was basically like bull rush with 30 people on each side, running, sprinting towards each other, and then proceeding just to beat the shit out of each other. And then the neo-Nazis basically had the Muslims on the ground and were just kicking the shit out of them. I had to turn it off. It was too violent. But hang on, it must have been like, was it like Chechen Muslims? Yeah, yeah, you know, the... Um, and we say organised, it's like got commentators and stuff. Nah, just some um, rooster speaking in Russian. I couldn't really understand it, but... Um, yeah, just YouTube, it's a mess. It's like a wormhole or rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, and, and the beauty of it is the algorithms they've got. They've basically... I watch like a lot of reggae music um, oh, and all the Peppa Pig guff I have to put on, but mm. it's basically old league games and they bring up some brilliant ones. Like the other, this morning they brought up to me 1989 Manly Seagulls versus Great Britain at Brookvale Oval. What? Like the dates. Yeah, yeah, where the Great Britain actually played like clubs. Or, that was brilliant. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think that was the one where Tuvi like really made a name for himself. Well, they, uh, I mean, they're essentially just retargeting you like they do ads. Um, Oh, exactly, I know. But, it's, but it's speaking of which, Great Britain, I saw a post from Sammy Burgess the other day saying, all my life I grew up watching Great Britain wanting to pull on the blue, red and white jersey. Yeah. So that, that, the Kangaroos are touring and playing Great Britain next year, is it? Yep. That's no, I thought... I thought Great Britain were talking here, but actually, someone at the POM last night was telling me there's a great um, Burgess documentary. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Yeah, about coming over, like, coming as a young man coming over to Australia playing for the Bunnies has like Russell Crowe on it saying oh I really believed in him all that sort of carry on you know, oh, I'm surprised I'm sure our, our South Sydney mates fans would have watched it but it sounds good that should be on YouTube yeah I mean pretty much everything is these days isn't it no oh, um, it's incredible well that's the thing if you back in the day right if you wanted to find something or watch something you had to wait for it to come on non-pay TV I always remember I sometimes like you just used to basically bide your time 
months, years on end, and then hopefully like a movie would come on, or you might have to go and hire it from a video shop. Um, oh well, what about? Wasn't didn't your brother work out ways you could like have a pen pal in the states who would send you over heavyweight title fights and NBA <laughs> final series? So basically, in early internet days, the old man got the internet, and yeah. I'm thinking it was '95, '96, real early days. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And what we did is we found out these websites that we would send VHS tapes and exchange them, just just on pure faith that they would actually send a tape back and we would send we would tape David tour fights and then type type on these chat rooms and like try and exchange them for classic um, boxing videos and then with also with NBA we would do the same (laughs) and try and trade them for NBA and then we like found this place where you could buy like old school playoff games and I remember buying like a Larry Bird versus Bernard King 84 um, game it might have been actually Pistons v the Knicks yeah. Oh, um, Eastern Conference Finals. Eastern Conference Semis, I think. And Bernard okay. went off the flu game and he had broken hands and stuff. It's just... But that is, like... That's old school, isn't it? Going and trading oh, VHS tapes from across the world. You wouldn't see that these days. Actually, you probably would. you probably see it even more um, in some in different types of form. But What? You mean illegal stuff? Yeah, I mean, the downloads of the world. I mean, that's essentially what you're doing, isn't it? You're just speeding up the process. Yeah, but it's not on VHS true true do you know anyone that still uses a vhs apart from a karaoke apart from karaoke karaoke doesn't don't they actually i'll tell you what's coming back now and i've seen it pop up as cassettes really yeah which is just basically oh there's guys around here selling cassettes like old like just like vinyl had it is at its sort of time Mm. now cassettes are coming back like as a you know a a craft beer aficionado's second poppy fuck imagine walking around with a walkman Jeez, my, well, my in saying that, in saying that, my radio sport greatest hits are still on uh, cassette. cassette. Although we did try and digitise them the other day, which really? was basically we just how, which was basically we we found a cassette player and then we held our phone up and recorded it. Your your radio sport greatest hits. Who has who has it? I would like to say Trout in Western Melbourne. Gee whiz! For those of you out there that don't know what we're talking about, Jack used to call up Talkback Radio a lot. And it was recorded, and the tapes are folklore, legendary, call it what you want. Um, actually, I also used to have a bit of a um, checkered talkback history. Whenever I was working as a, a sales rep for the breweries, I'd just drive, I'd drive quite far on a Wednesday, I think. I used to go to the Coromandel and back, and I had a three-hour trip on the way home. And I'd Make just me. call Radio Sport all the time. And really? Who was your favourite um, jockey? Or uh, host. I had Willie Lose many times. Oh, I hated him yeah, so hated him. much. He's such a Graham d- Hill. he hates Willie. Graham, Graham Hill is oh, my I like favorite. Graham Hill. Graham Hill loves his boxing. He yeah. like he's like a he doesn't even like he's one of those guys that doesn't like union. I know. He's, he likes he's, he's an other on boxing. But yeah. he also has a, a he has a a pen name or what do you want to call it? A different stage name and he's a concert pianist. Real random guy. That's right. You're right. Mm. And remember, oh, I don't want to start to put. Remember those uh, videos? Um, oh no! Do you remember in the day they had those NRL highlight shows, mm. which were basically at the end they'd sum up all the games of the weekend on the radio, and they'd do like five minute. No, 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 on TV on the five minute excerpt of it. Yeah, and they had a big scoreboard, and it said Raiders 
uh, ruin the roosters or something. Then it would go into like five minutes, just Melbourne and get running through, mm. I don't know, Craig Salvatore. It was Aussie League on two, it was called. Yeah, that was brilliant. And it was like 4 p.m. out. Was it live? Uh, well, they, they they used to have the highlights and it led into like a tape-delayed game. So it that's would be, right, that's it would right. Be a game because they had ads on it. So, But then yep. Pay TV Sky bought the NRL and they started yeah, to yeah, live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then so when you remember that the Aussie League on two, what mm. team sort of reminds you of that? The Raiders. To me, now for me it's the for, for me it's the um, North Sydney Bears. They just, yeah. They just to, David Hall scoring in the corner with the the shade that you know the, as we've taught the shadow coming across the SFS. Oh, oof, David Hall and Les Kiss on the wings, Matty Spears at the back, Florimo and Caruana in the centres. Um, Jason Taylor and uh, Jason Martin in the halves, or Peter Jackson, mind you. Yeah, yeah, the late Peter Jackson. The late Peter Jackson. Then you had Billy Moore with Larson and Fairley in the back row. Mark yeah. Hone was propping. Tony Ray was the hooker, and the other prop was Mario Fennick. That's pretty much your thirteen that you saw running around for the Bears. What a what a team that never really. They're just Cinderellas, weren't they? they did they ever win at the Bears even back in nah. the day? No, nah. no. Nah. And that's nah. since 1908 nah. they came into the competition. They were an, they were an original team. Yes, yes, they were an original team. But no, hang on, they must have won a premiership. Oof. We should know this. But anyway, what's our next topic? Oh, yeah. While I look sorry. that up. Uh, something stinks in the nation's capital. And I think it's got to be the halves. I think it's Aiden Caesar. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's a half. Yeah, I think it's that. Okay. The Raiders in the the last twenty four months of the Raiders, you know, somewhat, sort of, you know, a nice story playing the best. Last year they were playing better rugby league, the way better rugby league than anyone else in the competition at times. Everyone grew to love them. They got the Viking clap. Things are going well. They've got a perfect blend of a roster. BJ Leilua and Rapana just unstoppable. And then this year, it's just as it happens. As, as it happens many times with teams that are talked up, no different than the Panthers. They just have just they're just not the same team and there's something wrong. And I think that I think the teams are targeting Aiden Caesar and they seem to be running right through him. And Blake Austin just isn't the same dynamic force. He, I mean he was playing unbelievable football that arguably wasn't sustainable because before the Raiders, Blake Austin was just a guy he could have been out of the league after 20 games, couldn't he? If he didn't go to the Raiders and he never played after the Tigers again, you wouldn't raise your eyebrows, would you? So has he played his peak rugby league? Is he ever going to get I, that standard I, again? I, I, I think I think so. and he, Yes, unfortunately, I think so. I think he's one of those players that just had one of those. Look, he's a good player. He's a guy you want on your roster, but... We were putting him into into echelons of player ability that he probably was not was never going to sustain. Um, and then you've got, I mean, right across the park, I still really, really like their team. And if you had a gun to my head, but Jack White is a weakness too. He he, he is, but I think he's gotten better. And I'm I, I slag him off a lot, but I, he's gotten better, oh. hasn't he? He lost them the game yesterday. Just stone cold drop it when they were down by two. The the Broncos end up scoring. Um, they're going to have to win six, six or seven. They're going to have to go on a run. They're going to have to win five or six in a row, um, which they can do. They've they've got Bruce Stan, but they keep losing at home. 
Oh, I know, and that's on that fine grass at uh, Bruce Stadium. That's just not. Maybe it's the rate. Maybe it's a Viking clap. It's just, they had a maybe huge they... crowd there yesterday too for a. Oh, they love day. their football and the Raiders. They do, don't they? And it's just those surrounding areas, your Goldburns of the world. Yeah, just Queen Bean and Queen Bean. You think Terry Cambisi? You think Todd Carney? And then they've they've had some shit years to endure. Don't get me wrong. But fuck, they should be doing better with this roster. They should. Be but they don't. Okay. Four. But let's. Do they make the eight? Yes or no, Rihari? Yes. yes. I think they. I can't. I can't say they don't. I think they slip in and go out first round. But gee, it's a bit of a waste. Okay. I mean, let's let's talk about this eight uh, right now. Let's just talk about this eight. Now I'm going to run through the eight from top to bottom, and you're going to say if they make it guaranteed or not. If they make it, Storm. Guaranteed. Roosters. Guaranteed. Broncos. Guaranteed. Sharks. Guaranteed. Dragons. Uh, not guaranteed. Sea Eagles. Guaranteed. Cowboys without Thurston now. Guaranteed. In seventh place, Panthers. God, they lost yesterday. Guaranteed, though. Okay, so you've basically got the Dragons that you haven't guaranteed. So then on the outside of the eight, you've got and the And then Eels. the Raiders is coming for them. You've got the Warriors, Eels, and Raiders. And you, you're basically saying okay. the Raiders come in for the Dragons. Dragons. That's basically what I'm saying. So that's me eight. And obviously, there's going to be some horse trading in positions within that eight, but yeah, that, that, that's uh, me. Look, I can't. Do you, well, what really, do you do? do I think disagree? Storm, Roosters, Sharks, done. I've looked at the Dragons' draw, and I think it was much as I hoped them to drop out. I think they might sneak in. Manly, oof, the Manly and Cowboys are the ones I'm looking at, basically. And the Raiders are going to get it in somehow, some shape or form. They've got a good four and against. And then it's up to the Warriors if they decide that they are going to make a run. Um, ultimately, oh, the, play the Warriors will not make it. Yeah, I know they won't. But they've got an opportunity to, so, um, like many teams do. But I, don't, I mean, the, the Eels can't make it, can they? No. So it's only the Raiders. I mean, the Because I've lost both, Scott. It's the Raiders and the Warriors, the only ones capable of busting into the eight. And then for me, Dragons, Manly, Cowboys are all susceptible. I cannot see Panthers dropping out. Hey, mate, I just want to give you a tip because we're obviously recording this during Seagulls Sharks. Yeah. Seagulls are up 18 now after 24 minutes. Fuck me. That's what I love that. I just, I still love them from the... If you the, look at their stats. side, though, right? You look no, at no, side. it's not good. What's Barrett done? Their coach in the NRL. line is vomit-inducing. <laughs> it's oh, they've got good. Tommy. It's no good. I know, I know, but geez, it's Blake Green you've never rated. Oh, fuck. I mean, maybe I'm going to have to eat my words on Blake Green. Um, no, I want you to eat your words on the Eagles. Yeah, I, I have to. I mean, I <laughs> have to, just telling up the second best team in the comp. Mm. Um, so, is this, and then we mentioned this last week is this the Sharks? Um, they're on their way down now. Well, I, I did say, in my, I remember my pre-match show, uh, sorry, pre-season show, 
I said that the Sharks are going to go through a real tough time when they lose sort of four or five, and that probably during the origin period. But when push comes to shove, can you see past a Storm Sharks grand final? I can't. I can't see any other teams getting in there. No other teams. I cannot see the Roosters. No, too I mean, washy. What about the Broncos on the back of Benji Marshall? He was. I don't know if you watched the game, but he was brilliant yesterday. It was incredible. And I'm think, talking to Bron- I know a few Broncos fans. I'm talking to them, and they're like, "He's playing real well, mate. He's been." And we urged him to retire last year, but looking back, and he was going to retire. Wayne Bennett basically begged him to come up and play centre, which he played a little bit of. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Dead set. He's he, like they're not missing Milford or uh, who else was in the house. Hunt. Cody Nicarima actually ended up taking away. Is Nicarima yeah. play last night? Nicarima started in the halves with Benji, no Benta, and they looked really quite and they, good. And, they and then Hunt, Hunt came on. So yeah. I, think, I think what happens in the in the future, even fuck, they don't even probably worry too much about Milford if Benji plays on. <laughs> is Hunt and Benji will play. They'll be, uh Nicarima back to the bench, but the yep. Broncos, if they get um, Darius back, they are a dark horse. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So how how long Darius out? He's out for Origin three, Four but weeks. he should be back. Four weeks. Oh, sweet ass, mate. So then, oh, Milford's gonna. Milford's we have six I mean, weeks, but but they don't miss Milford at the moment. Benji's playing unbelievable. No. no, and so it's going to be tough call for uh, Bennett with the the money he's on. You know, to take, take anyway. There's a lot. There's a lot of work. What's changed? A lot of work to do, but go. There's a lot of work to do, but Benji has just—he just looks more confident, and he just. Let's be honest. In the, at the Dragons, he didn't have the players around him. He was in a bad situation at the Dragons because him and Widdop weren't complementing each other. He had two natural no, sixes exactly. trying to play do exactly the same thing, and it was just like two yep. negatively charged ions. Where yep. and right Hunt's organised. Yeah, right now Benji's just got a perfect combination with you know a natural halfback, and he's not forced to do. The stupid stuff. So, yeah. mate, I don't know. I, one thing. And when you've got like a Metchelet second oh, rower, Jesus. each back rower making you look good. Gee whiz. What about the Cowboys now? Do you feel that for the first time in the Jonathan Thurston era, that you look at their team and think they're good enough to win without Thurston? Remember in the old days, you say Thurston's injured, they're gone. You just write them off. These days, I don't know if you can with Michael Morgan there. They are a. They have turned themselves uh, into a franchise. Do you know what I mean? One of those franchises that in American sports. Look, you have to say, even though because American sports, they just the can't even up so much. But, but the Lakers. Oh, okay. You know they, they're a great franchise. Yeah, the Cowboys. They're going to be like they, no, but they're going to rough. But but no, the Lakers, right? We're, we're in a lot of trouble at the moment. What I'm saying is. If you look over the years, they are a lot more successful than uh, the Washington Bullets, for instance. Mm. The Cowboys have now got themselves out of the Washington Bullets echelon mm. to a Lakers echelon. And the Warriors are still in a Washington Bullets. We wow. still have not got our franchise to that echelon. It's like even the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. They are a franchise. Yeah. Yep. And over the years, they've actually been more successful, even though they're in trouble. And the Cowboys have got them into that. Speaking speaking of being in trouble, right? The Knights. The thing with the NRL. The Storm unlike, were like that after the first year. Yeah, but unlike any other sport, 
if you finish last, there is an incentive to finish last because you get the first draft pick. Happens in AFL too, so it does happen this side of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the NRL, yeah. if you can me, finish last, it, there's just no way out unless you develop your own juniors or sign outside players. These days in the NRL, players just are good. not going to play for those teams that are shit. No, but mate, the other thing is there's a bit of pride on the line too. The wooden spoon is like a... But hang on, I'm trying to you say... You get how, ridiculed for it if you're up against the wooden it. spoon. How are they going to get better in the future? How the hell are the Knights going to get out of this? Are they going to be like this every year? There's a salary cap. It's the same for everyone, mate. And, and it's salary cap and develop their juniors. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, you don't want... It's, it becomes communism. It becomes pure communism. You try and even every team up and you take away a good back, back room different like doing short kickoffs you take away innovation i like not having a tanking and you're fighting out for the not getting the wooden spoon i know mate but like the thing is it doesn't matter if you finish 16th or 13th in all respects right but how the fuck no it does because how the fuck are they going to get themselves you are going to get ridiculed Oh, mate, it's not, it's not enough. Well, you got to work hard like you have to do in capital. In a, no, hang on. Are you a commie? It's not enough, though, for the Knights. I want to see them get better. How are they going to get out of this position? How do they do it? I mean, they've got a net. They'll get out of it. They'll, they've got a good news They'll get a few... No, mate. They've signed Sean Kenny down and Aiden Guerra. I suppose they've got, they've got, got Caelan the other thing, they've got Caelan Ponga. The other thing you've got to realise about Newcastle, and we noticed it, was it last year we went to the Anzac Test? economically with the commodity prices at the moment they are in a bad sort of economically that town is sort of struggle street we noticed that didn't we 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 went past boarded up shops we did stuff like that that definitely affects your football team Hmm. in the glory days of the nights when you'd get 35,000 at Marathon Stadium every Friday night all the miners were getting 250k a year for driving a truck Things were on the up. They are in a rut financially as well. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a sad because and that, you want the Knights to be converts good. to your football side. I enjoyed that night side I did, back but, in when Wayne But Bennett you don't, to be honest, you don't really need the... You don't, dog. You don't need the Knights to be good because they are a rugby league people. They'll keep turning up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You need the Storm to be good. You do. You don't even need the Raiders to be good. You actually you need the Warriors to be good because New Zealanders are so... Sorry, I've got my daughter I can't swear. Are so effing frig- fickle, yep. they, they'll go and watch a bloody rah-rah game instead if the Warriors are losing. True. True that. Um, mate, we're sort of running out of time, but there's so a couple of things we wanted to touch on. Is What about Adelaide? Did you see the crowd last night at um, Adelaide Oval? Uh, I, I just saw a bit of a... But it looked really good on the, on the first tiers. Yeah, I think it was... 15, 14,000, 15,000. 15, so it's, it's one to watch. They but, play there but, once a year. But re-hurry, re-hurry. Yeah, look, Adelaide Rams didn't get bad crowds, but what I, you know, it, it's a little bit off topic. I just want to say, and I think the listeners will know, we are cricket fans as well, purest cricket fans. We don't like the Big Bash Super Smash. They've ruined that cricket ground, haven't they? Um, in what way? 
Adelaide Oval was an iconic cricket ground. Like they've changed you'd it. go there, they'd yeah, short boundaries, square, just... long boundaries, long. Yeah, that, that, that's just progress. You you can't get in the way of that. That's sad. It's, it's no, no, it's not progress, like Rio. You know why they've done it? They've done it. Yeah, okay, but that's actually a big city. But Rehari, Adelaide Oval was iconic. No, but well, probably why, and I'm probably in the white ones about so much is they've done it, done it for VFL, and because they get such big crowds, because they've got if all to do down there, those people they just go to games every week. It's yeah, ridiculous. True, but I was, but I was actually I was talking to uh, a Roosters fan. Hmm. Yeah, I was talking to a Roosters fan, Ozdog, and he was actually saying, no, nah, he was like, he was so anti them taking to Adelaide because he's a. And I said, mate, I'd rather you guys stay to Adelaide than get fucking 400 people at the SFS that you get usually. What's with this? Like, ANZ, and I know that there's commercial agreements going, but someone like Todd Greenberg needs to stop it and say, it's a bad look for our game, people playing at ANZ Stadium. The dogs need to go to Belmore. Full stop. They're not going to get more people in ANZ as they are in Belmore. And the Roos, uh, the Rabbitohs need to either share ANZ, uh, sorry, share Alliance with the Roosters or bloody build their own stadium themselves at Waterloo Oval. They've got to get out of ANZ Stadium. It's just should only be finals football in origin. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think the other is like, I don't really care about empty seats because I'm a purist but I, you know we should ask our mate Kev Dog HK I mean does he does it put him off the game don't know but what it does that, that last Friday night when the but, t- Titans were playing Rabbitohs they were filming last year's crowds they put last year's yeah, crowds yeah were they though actually they or was that because I saw people posting on Twitter going it's yeah, great okay. to see that well, I was at the game this Friday considering I'm in the UK and but yeah, re Harry re Harry but you but Rehari, but we, I mean, if you if you compare the same person to you in Melbourne, right? Let's say his name's Dick Strippel. Mm. He's this Victorian guy that supports, um, I don't know, what's one of the teams? Maybe he supports Port Adelaide. So he's mm. brought up in Adelaide, but he's moved to Melbourne to take up a, um, a sort of like a marketing job in South Melbourne. Mm. And he runs his own podcast with um, John Murr in uh, Singapore. Mm-hmm. He would go to so many more games than you would. Yeah, Dick Strippel is going to every, a game every a week, minute, mate, how, how whereas Rehari goes, what, you go tw- two, two times a week? Da- yeah, how many week, times, times my year? team play my team play on TV, mate? Play in Sydney quite a lot. Yeah, two or three times a year, and I'll probably go to one of them. No, so I'd what? say five. TV game, mate. Stop slagging me off. Exactly. So you were the one that brought up that you wanted bigger crowds, and you're not actually doing with your feet. You've got other stuff on. You've got other stuff. You've got like um, good rib joints. You've got um, beaches close to you. You know, it's it's different. There's lots going on. Uh, Melbourne doesn't have that stuff. We've got to, we've got to fly. I want to get you a quickly a Hong Kong origin debrief. Hong uh, Kong. Oh yeah. So I was uh, uh, lucky enough to. Uh, what was I doing? Eighteen twelve. I was riffing the game. I was riffing the game. Oh, no, oh, they're coming back. I reffed it. Southern Hemisphere won 30 points to 14. Good game of football. Some great hits. Mm-hmm. So funny. So Southern Southern won 30 points to 14. And it was quite funny, actually. The difference in the two teams was exactly what the difference is at the top level. So basically, the Southern Hemisphere, uh, which is obviously made of Aussies, Kiwis, um, Polynesians and stuff, and against Northern Hemisphere, which is basically mostly Poms, a few Chinese locals and French, 
So the they, the forward battle was actually quite even, mm. but they but the complete difference in the game was as soon as Northern Hemisphere made a mistake, mm. Southern Hemisphere just made them pay because mm. they could play ad lib football. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as they as soon as they had space, they just had this awareness to to find the try line. Whereas when the Southern Hemisphere make a mistake. The, the Northern Hemisphere get the ball and their first reaction is just to, like, take a tackle. It's, it's just... it's just, And it's very similar, right, to the top level where England, like, compete with Australia mm. and then 60th minute, Callum Watkins spills it mm. and then basically Dugan and Inglis combine to score this phenomenal try 80 metres out. That's is, exactly, is it a one-off game or is it a series? That's a one-off game, yeah, one-off game. What did you do after match? Uh, what was the after match like? Uh, what did I do? We just sat around the ground drinking uh, Chingtows and I met this guy from Hallsville Hornets that's just moved here that's keen to get involved in the game. Um, knows the Langton family and everything. Uh, then we went into one show. I had a few more beers and I got home about half past two. Um, but funny, one of the funny stories... Was it was Friday night or Saturday night? Saturday night, last night. It's one of the fun. No, what did we get to? Just like devil's advocate just to quiet one of the couple of people. It was pretty quiet, mate. Yeah. Um, did you play or one of the riffing? I refed last night. Yeah. And what were you? What were you? Were you in the game flow? How many penalties did you blow? Yeah. Look. Look. I got a lot. This is my second game refing. I blew up a few penalties, especially some of some of the hemisphere players weren't um, getting square at marker. Uh, there was. Oh, you I did mean, not pick them for not being square. But mate, they were just. It was horrible. It's all like <laughs> flankers and rara. They were just like hanging on the Do side. Do you know the rules enough to police the ruck? Nah. Nah. But I know them. It's, it's quite, mate. I would say. One, it's a lottery sometimes when a guy gets up and he drops it. It's so hard to know who. Are who you wearing that. headphones and listening to reggae when you're riffing? No, but I should. And one other yarn, probably one of the most surprise. Well, not the most surprising, but like a thing that was really quite interesting last night. So I talked to some of the Polynesian boys that were playing the Southern Hemisphere team. I was like, oh, hey, what are you doing over here? Because it's quite unusual, right, to see. Mm. Um, guys that probably aren't into like when I financial services or the professional mm. services. Yeah, I said, what are you fellas doing over here? One of them was obviously like a bodyguard, and there's about five of them that were. I go, Where do you work? They are oh, Disneyland. I'm like, oh yeah. What do you What do you do there? And they are in the Moana exhibition. Really? So they so they get these Polynesian boys with all these tats and stuff to be in the Disneyland Moana exhibition. So that's great for Hong Kong League, though, isn't it? It's, that's where we should be like well, hanging out to get out. I mean, you can offer them jobs. Um, where they can fulfill oh. some sort of cultural um, role as well. So, yeah. Yeah, like Taro Nikau was a cultural advisor for Rabbitohs or something, or maybe the Storm? Ooh, you'd have to say the Storm, given they played there. But You're a bit of a cultural advisor to your Sydney mates in terms of they don't really understand other cultures because they're sort of... Look, I, like I, I pride myself on my pronunciation. So whenever there's a Australian bogan trying to say a Polynesian name, I, I do my best to try and correct them. What's one of the greatest butcheries you've ever heard? Oh, I think we've covered it. Maybe last year, but um, Lao Titi or Lao Iti Iti um, was once yeah, yeah. said Lao Kishi. Um, yeah. And <laughs> obviously, Lao Natishi. Yeah. And the, obviously, the well, I still take real offence to um, Wateni Zelizniak. It's actually Watane Zelizniak, what, isn't it? That, yeah. About, I mean, what, yeah, yeah. what about Stephen Cooney when he first came in? When Stephen Cooney first came Can't into it. the NRL? Can't. Yeah. And <laughs> Rab said, uh, Nigel Wagner, or it might have been Joe Wagner, said once, I think I almost called him Vagina. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Um, but anyway, uh, well, good stuff, mate. We've ripped through it, and I think we've covered pretty much everything. So um, we can go and look forward to watching the Sharks at Lotto Land take on... Uh, right. Actually, fuck, it's at, it's at home in Cronulla. It's at, no, it's at Shark Park. 18-12. I say the Sharks run away with this. Oh, I say that too. But I Manly, say Phil the going Shark on. fans... The Shark fans are quickly becoming my favourite fans. Yeah, I mean, they sing. And that's what I love. I love... Yeah. I love songs, right. and I, I there's no better song in rugby league than the Green Machine. If you're out there, YouTube, get into a rabbit hole, end up watching some um, some brawls in Eastern Europe, but do please look up the Green Machine um, song. Anyway, mate, uh, you got to love your league. We'll see you soon. Got to love your league. Bye. Bye.